Good day, folks. How are you doing today? I'm Mark Anthony. I've got Ariel here down in Florida. I'm here in Atlanta. And uh, today's session is called Ariel. What's the what's the title for today's session again? Um, I don't know, but we're gonna talk all about safety <laughs> and what it is like to be a safety professional. Okay, 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 okay. So I got a couple questions for you, Ariel. Um, what I you think got? It was something like, "I'm a safety professional. Get me out of here, right?" So what's the I guess what's the most bizarre safety incident you've ever had to respond to in this industry? And um, you should introduce yourself, by the way. So hi, my name is Ariel Mitchell. I am a safety, regional safety professional for a slab company uh, that works with granite. So that's what I do right now. I have experience in manufacturing industry uh, along with construction. So works out for me that way. Uh, and I have a little bit of food um, safety as well because I did work in the food industry. So it works out. So good mix um, of mining, construction, food safety. Mm-hmm. So I would say the craziest experience that I've personally gone through, like me personally, someone stuck mm-hmm. their hand into a moving metal bleed bag. Like a perfect so yeah so it's a vacuum and in the vacuum there's a fan so it can pull the dust right so we're in an industrial facility so obviously Mm -hmm. it's made of metal not plastic so this person sees that there's something inside of it they take the filter off don't call don't call um um, help or help at all don't say hey you know i may need they're not calling anybody they're not, they're not even calling, they're just not calling anyone. They're not calling the mechanics. Um, so, they basically remove the guard, mm-hmm. takes the machine off, and then tries to take the part out. But they couldn't get to it. So they said, now they broke down what they taught to me. Uh-huh. They thought they can stick their hand really fast inside whilst it was moving and get it out. So he thought he was faster than the machine. Yeah, he thought he so was he faster than the machine. He stuck his hand in a moving bleed, and I mean, yeah. So who I, won? I, this this sounds like a game of you know that slap game that we do. Bleed. The moving blade. Okay. The moving blade one. I'm, yeah. I'm just checking. You never know. But it was just crazy because he didn't he didn't call for help at all. And you know we say call um. Why am I forgetting these people? I forgot no, a whole department. Names. Names. Um, you can call him Edward Scissorhands, though. Edward Scissorhands. I don't know, but he was definitely, that was not part of his job. So one thing I really do try to train people on is you are paid for your job. That is it. Whether you help out more or you did the best thing in the entire world, the company is yes. not going to give you, yeah, they're there not going to give you more recognition. <laughs> it just is what it is. So you taking the initiative, which is great, because I, I respect the fact that, you know, you want to do great. You mm-hmm. taking the initiative to try to fix the issue, which you are not trained for, could potentially put you, and mm-hmm. this is how I explain, in the department of being paid 60% versus 100%, because when you are injured, workers come to pay you 100%. So now you're going to go home to your to your individual and have to explain why you are making 60% of that 100% you can make and I'm going to be home 
And I really do explain it like this because I really just try to put in people's minds like I will be fine. Like safety is not a me job, it's not a you job, it's a us job. And I'm doing my part by trying to educate you guys. And we are grown individuals, so we're going to make grown choices, be mentally and physically present on the job. Because mm-hmm. I, I just work industries where, like the industry I work in right now, you make a you make a mistake and you, you may not be here tomorrow. So because we work in yeah, so I work in slabs. So most times when an injury happens for like a sister company or something, that we're not. So you can't yeah, really afford to be just like stepping on and no. doing your own thing. I'm thinking no. you know everything. Because you're you talking about car, right? You're talking about tons falling on you. You're not talking about ten pounds. So you can't beat that. Yeesh. You guys yeah. using a lot of things? Uh we use cranes, okay. hoist, straps. Mm-hmm. And with one of those things is training the guys and being able to do their daily checks, make sure it's done. Right. And make sure that they're checking these straps before they use them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, something that I even realized, just particularly for my industry, um, even though we do those daily checks during the day, well, at the beginning of the day, if you're working with a strap that has been used many times, checking it during your shift, not at the beginning of your shift, I mean, while you change, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've been also employing the employees to look at it as you put it on. Once you finish okay. with something, just take a quick look because you're talking about five seconds that would save you. I like a, a, yeah, a guilt trip, you know, if you did put something on and somebody was injured for right. your personal life because mm-hmm. if something happened and you could go back just a little bit, would you make a shame if everyone says yes? Um, just in general, working safely because if you continue to do that practice over time, it will be something that is embedded into your regular daily schedule. Like and yeah, and it may not be something that you do every. Mm-hmm. You may not do it every hour, but maybe at lunch when you come back before you start again, you check, and that do make a difference. So I like to ask. I like to ask um, some of the workers, especially for the high risk stuff like hoisting, rigging, overhead mm-hmm. crane work. Um, you know, you have signal people, right? So they have to use the signal, the hand signals. But mm-hmm. um, you know, when they're hoisting stuff overhead, they're supposed to use you know, whistles or some sort of indicator that everybody know. Right, so whistles yeah. are pretty good to do that, or maybe a horn even. Um, I I often ask myself, why would you want to be lazy about something that could take your life? So that is the why would you want to be lazy question. about something that could take your life? Why would you? That's like I'm trying to cross the street, and I'm too lazy to look both ways. And because I get away with it one time when the road was clear, I assume that it's not worth you do it again. Seconds to look left and look right, and and I'm like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. It just why, why would I want to be lazy with something that could take my life? So I would say for any safety professional who works in any dangerous environment and really just don't sit there and probably work office jobs where they make sure they sit up straight, um, right? If you actually do something that is aside from ergonomics, I would definitely say that we are paid to pretend that people are retarded. Like, like the utmost retarded. You yourself retarded. You're supposed to make your program so safe and understandable that the retarded person, and let me, maybe I shouldn't use the word retarded, slow, slow. 
slow individual who may not, you know, be on point should be able to pick up from this because common sense is just not common in our industry. And that's what we have to train for. That's really what we have to train for. That's true. So if there weren't any stupid people, we wouldn't have a job. That's fair. Right. And sometimes I mean train for the lowest level of understanding. What I try to what I tell people is I See, I tell people I'm the slowest person ever, and I explain it the way that I would like somebody else to explain it to me. And sometimes I understand, but I just say that so that I can make it a little bit more welcoming to them to say, hey, okay, well, if she does it, maybe, you know, I want to. So I just put that out there, but I, most of the things that I do and the way that I train is for utmost nonsensical individual. Because I, I have I have to think that way. I have to think you don't know. And then I also look at it like safety is uh, for adults, like you're teaching a child. They don't know about it's safety. Okay. So, yeah. so certain things you're going to have to, you know, go to the one, two, three steps with them and explain the whys. And that's a very big thing. You don't just walk into an industry, say, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. You're doing it wrong. That's a terrible way to be, you know, a safety leader because... You're gonna walk away. They're not gonna go know the reason why, and they're gonna right. do exactly what they were doing before. Exactly. So like, by explaining, so I, I, yeah, and I go back to work. So it's not what you say; it's just how you say it. Right. So yeah. you you can get the message across. Mm-hmm. That's true. Gosh. So here's another question for you, Ari. Uh, have you ever encountered a seemingly harmless item that turned into a surprisingly significant safety hazard? Ooh. I would, I would say, yeah, I've probably done it before. Don't tell me about and the guy who stabbed himself with a pen now. No. Okay. I, I'm actually, this is funny. You will, you will send this. We had, we had an OSHA event because of it. You worked on the project. Yeah, you oh, worked yeah. on it. Oh, The finger, yeah. the finger event. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So, um, to me, I call that a red flag because I've seen it before. I said mm. something about it and I felt that company-wise because it wasn't financially suitable at the moment right the changes that could have been made would made mm-hmm. and it allowed employees to to do stuff okay. you know it wasn't the best equipment it was all the equipment if it were a new piece of equipment which had the guards which came with the machinery i would say no but it was an older piece of equipment and we were making guards for it and I felt at some point in time we just didn't do our part to to prevent that incident from happening. That's what I would say. So you guys didn't like set the tone. So people was like, well, they don't care. So why should we You'll just do whatever we want? No. So we, we did set the tone. But I remember when I said this now that we have to think common sense is not common. And that was just one of those moments where the likelihood of somebody actually doing what happened mm-hmm. was not going to happen. Okay. Because you just don't see somebody like, getting well, we a lot of... You have to be putting, creative. Yeah, putting their hand in something that is six feet or above. Like, they right. got a lot of to do that. How do you even reach that? Right? And, I mean, they were trained on shutting machinery down, things like that. But mm. I think we could have done a better part on maybe a signage. Okay. Like, sure. verbal wording that people can see and understand a, a picture that they may have forgotten and now they don't remember the meaning and it means nothing to them because they don't remember the meaning right so some words 
some pictures do some pictograms do have words so i usually try to get things with that um or just you know having the supervisor speak to the in the morning or in the evening and telling them reminder these are our dangers in our area right and just something to put to mind then you know you may have had that particular employee not done something that we just spoke about or so something that, that was an awareness first is well we yeah. had one training two years ago that was on you to remember that you know everything yeah. that was that's a fair point Jeez. so that's the oh, only reason yeah. why that's the only reason why i would say for me when mm-hmm. that particular situation happened I started to think of okay, we were already in that area looking at these machines. So right. the fact that this happened meant we were aware, and we just failed on our part to me to do what was necessary to prevent this particular injury from happening. That's how I felt for okay. that situation. And like, do you do you blame the toddler or do you blame the daycare? Um, I would say it's both on a point because we did do you our training. Yeah. Uh, we did do the training so it was a recent training like in that year not even six months okay so the fact that it was a fresh training it's something we speak about it's something that we tell people to ask for help uh the fact that we make sure they know not to fix the machinery call the mechanics they come fix it right. things like that um allow me to say hey you know his spot on it but i do understand i'm trying to get my job done i'm trying to keep the line running i'm trying to do what i've done for the past years because i've worked here right and but this is how i work so i also see it as we may have dropped the ball on how we train the employee and them understanding that safety comes first because if they did they wouldn't rush to get the job done do you think some employees have like an ego like they feel like you're telling them how to do their job and they're like Man, I've been here um, 20 years. You've been here six months. Like, what are you so, telling me to do? We've, we've always done it. I'm a girl and I look young. Ooh. So it's even worse. So I have a double whammy for me when it comes to being able to just give advice and people really value or friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be very respectful. And the first job that I had taught me that. I try to correct someone without introducing myself. Mm-hmm. And then after I corrected them, I walked away. And it was double whammy right there. So I didn't introduce myself and I didn't explain the why. So eventually I ran into the person again and the same thing was happening. And they said, you know, you, I don't even know who you are. I said, that's so rude. I said, this will never happen again. But thank you for, you know, this experience between us. I hope that I could make, you know, turn this around and make it positive. Hi, my name is such and such and such. I am mm-hmm. such and such. Uh, and the reason that I had asked you earlier not to do that, and I was in a rush when I did correct the individual, mm-hmm. but I do need to understand that I just have to take time to deal with what I have to take time to deal with at that moment. And it may be a 20 seconds, but it makes a difference by saying, hey, so you did this the last time, and the reason that I would not do that is because this could happen. Okay. No. Yeah. Now, you can continue doing this this way. You know, I'm going to keep correcting you every time I see it, and it's going to be an issue, and we will talk about it. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, if you do get injured, I will be okay. I'm going home at the end of the day. I'm going back here tomorrow. I'm making my money. I do not get 60% of my check. It's a whole hundred. Mm-hmm. And somebody was going to, you know, come in and take your job. And, you know, and it's that crazy. sucks. It's crazy. But it's Some the truth. You know, getting hurt is a good thing. They kind of think, well, I'm gonna get. Well, you know, why am I working so hard? I can, I can get my whole paycheck. 
they don't realize that you're not gonna get your whole paycheck if you get hurt. It's just a fraction. Yeah, you're gonna get sexing. Right? Like you have mm-hmm. to get the doctor's appointments. You have all these rules. It's, it's it's kind of a headache. I mean, why would you want to put yourself at that additional risk? Right? I mean, I've seen I've seen some people do the purpose, and I've seen some people who you know they didn't mean to, mm-hmm. and like someone's incident. Uh, Actually, I do have a crazy incident that I, I do remember seeing happen. Oh it was one of the first injuries that I ever got where I had to tell someone, you need to go to the doctor. I can't help you. Like, I really I really thought I could have helped it you know. well, but I cannot help you. You'd be on my own. You need to go to the doctor. No, it's only because he needed stitches, and I really didn't see that at first, but I had cleaned everything up. I said, oh, dang, it's a little bit deeper than I thought. I can't, there's, I can't even, I can't do nothing. This is gonna just, yeah. So he was, he was wearing, it was simple incident too, which was a, turned out to be crazy. He was wearing regular gloves and he was drilling and he made the mistake and put his hand by the drill bit, which sucked the glove up, which caused his finger to get ring on the drill, which I thought just ended up being cut. That's what I thought it was. But uh-huh. his finger got fractured Ooh. and they had to break it to fix it. Ooh. And then on top of that, he had to get stitches, four stitches, because it was so deep. Like you could have seen the inside, inside, like the real inside. I said, so Oh no. Like the muscle tissue and the bone and stuff? Yeah. So at first when I had when I first seen it because the glove was on, I seen the tissue and I was like, Oh yeah, that's just you know it's a little cut. Right. And it's funny because I have a dry humor. I'm a dry humor person. So I yeah. do find a lot of things that are not supposed to be funny. A little bit. A little bit funny. But you got a lot I'm not. I'm not. But right. it, it, it was funny. It was just a oh my God moment. I have a lot of oh my moments. I just could not believe that resulted in that. Oh, it's just, I've never seen that happen. So. Now I know if anybody else don't touch a drill bit ever when it's moving, it's not going to be good for you. Well, because I can doesn't mean I should. But this brings us to our next question. What's the wildest misconception about safety that you've heard in your industry? Safety is your job, not my job. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so I'm, I'm big on safety is everyone's job. Right. Right. You're gonna you're gonna think about safety when you close your eyes. You're gonna be like, is it safe to close my eyes right here? Like I want you to to remember that your life like the, the most dangerous thing you do the set the I think it's the second dangerous thing you do in your whole life is drive and you do it every day. It's more dangerous than Right. So right. I'm trying to prep you for life. I'm not just prepping you for coming to this office and booking here moving on. Like you have tools at your house that you have at the job. You got ladders at your house like you got at the job. 
Um, yeah. We have, you know, we have things like if you have a gas leak at a job, it's the same at your house. You're not gonna right. sit, sit in there and be like, oh, I didn't smell it. I did have an incident like that happened recently. They smell gas and no one said anything. And they waited until that smell got all the way into the office area for Stop somebody it. else. I swear to God. They were just office- like, hmm, mm, don't worry, so, but I don't have my problem. So, I can't really talk too much about it, but I did see, you see the person look at something that they hit and walk away. They came back and looked at it again and then walked away. So it's like he knew right. something was wrong, but then right. he just kind of left it. Right. And I I have a big issue for that. Yeah. So I, I, I tell anyone that I work with, um, my biggest thing is come at me with honesty. If Don't give right. me a shit show. So I don't want to know when the shit hit the fan, what hit the fan, because I'm going to be with management. You, 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 you BS me a little bit, right? Like, yep, I'm going to be up with high <laughs> higher management looking down like, oh my God, what happened? But if you, you know, advise me somewhere on, on the, you know, it's, it's happening and I don't know what's going on. Right. I, I can come in and try my best and then when other people are involved, say, hey, you know, it was an issue that was brought to my attention in such and such time. And mm-hmm. we have been collectively working as a team to make sure that we could mitigate the issue. Right. But at this moment, this is where we're at with it. My timeline to solve it is this. And these are what we're, these are steps we're going to do to do that. But if so I like, have nothing to say... The problem yeah. that happened, plus you lying about it or trying to hide it, or which yeah. is a whole, not as an HR issue, but you're making it harder for me to solve the actual problem. Yeah. Like it ain't so even when I go to, because I have to do a lot of site audits, mm-hmm. um, I tell people before I start working, is there anything you'd like me to know? Or right. is there any safety issues that we have that we like, can deal with? Right? Like, yeah. You know, and I'm going to find out. So if you know I'm going to find out, just be upfront about it. Right? So I'm here to help. I'm never there to, to hurt or, you know, make someone look bad. I ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do report things I see or may not like when I hear them. Okay. So if it's something that's safety related and I don't like the way that you said it, and yeah. I believe that your management should have a different mindset, I'm mm-hmm. going to point that out because I want people to know we have room for improvement. And when we come around next year to look at this again, we shouldn't be in the same bracket. When, be when, we have, mm-hmm, when we have an incident, because we had an incident prior to it, which made me, you know, ask questions. We shouldn't have things like that popping up because there are no red flags. And, you know, things are saying, yes, they're doing this. They have leadership. It's working out. And if you do so all this, then this really shouldn't, the odds of this happening is supposed to be super, super low. So when it just happens out of nowhere, did anybody see this coming? No. Right. How come? Why didn't we see it coming? You told us that you were doing this, this, and this. If you're doing so these things, then this shouldn't happen. So what's that? That's why I say safety is not a me job, it's a us job. Because yeah, it it really, really takes it takes leadership correcting people, say something, see something. That's a really, really big thing. Um, I'm just nipping nipping those bad habits in the bud. Like for me that's that's my win. When I see that I correct it. If I see it again, I say, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, the conversation was between us, but I can I can make sure this conversation go where it needs to go. I'm going to right. notify someone else. Right. You know, we have write-ups. We can do those things if you want to get mm-hmm. there, but I'm not trying to get there. What is the issue? What do you need from me to help you get on point? We, we can be on the same safe page. 
it's me and you against the problem. Ooh, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's kind of yeah. how it is. You kind of blame the process, not the person. And most people think when they think about culpability, they think about, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. So I need to cover my butt. Well, so no, it's not just about covering your butt. Because even if you cover your butt, if whatever you're covering your butt from can happen again, that's what we're really concerned about. So I have had a situation where I've had an employee who works in a particular um, a job. Mm-hmm. And they've been trained a particular way. So the way that I would say would be safer or the way that we're trying to do things is not the way that they're pressed up doing it. Right. And now I now I have ops managers who aren't even aware that these employees need retraining. Right. So this is where I would have to have that conversation and try to make them comfortable enough to say to me, like, if you need more training, we can get that for you. Yes, you've been here for five, six, ten years. Who cares? The right. point is, what do you need to be successful at this position? What yeah. can I bring to the table to allow you to accomplish this job? I'm trying to set you up for success, not failure. So once I do that part of it, I've had, I've had some people who will not speak to me and have the worst attitude turn around when they see me they say hi because it made me it made me it made me me taking two minutes on my day to say hi to them ask them hey how things going or say or they'll tell me this been broken but it's been broken for five or six years so nobody gonna fix it (laughs) and then you know i come back in and i'm gonna go why do i keep forgetting a whole um, maintenance that's the department i keep forgetting Okay. I totally forgot this name. Right. So I will, yes. I go to maintenance and I tell the manager I need this. And I know I start sending emails and follow-ups and follow-ups and don't get followed up. Then I see somebody else in it. And when I see the individual, I tell them, hey, you know, I'm in the process of fixing it. It's not, we're not quite there yet, but I'm right. working on it. So, yeah, like giving those updates to individuals really do help me. So I've built relationships like that. I've gotten people who've been. I've, I've had a lady I go at uh, where we were with Bill. I kind of want to say the name. Um, she does not smile. She does not smile at all. Like it's not just me. Even Bill. Yeah, she. He says she doesn't smile. But she had she wore glasses and um, her glasses was unscrewing and because I I just dealt with it so many times I bought a little kit and I put it in my drawer because people come and ask for stuff and I just don't it's have things. Yeah, so prescription glasses. Yes, because wow. it's like a little a little screw, you know, okay. and you're talking about just wanting to tighten it so it stays yeah. up properly. Right. I'm trying to help you, you know, so you don't have to wear yeah, overhead yeah, glasses yeah, and glasses. Yeah, you need a gold star. So she came and she's like, this is happening. I said, just check me tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I had to get home, so I just brought it in and she fixed it. And we had a good relationship after that. We may okay. not have talked every day, but when yeah. she do see me, it was a difference because I took the time to figure it out. You earned her trust. Yep. That's really what it is. She probably come to work for years and years and years. Like, I hate this place. These people suck. I'm here for my check. It's the same stuff every day. Nothing's gonna change. You know, one question I started asking during trainings and whatnot. I started asking, would you not want to work in a place that gets better with time? And most people, I said, stop. Hold on. Think about my question. Would you not want to work in a place that gets better with time? I said, take a minute. Think about it. Eat a Kit Kat. And I was like, okay. Raise your hands if that's a yes. 
If there's a no, just walk out. And everybody raised their hands and said, well, here's the kicker. You have the power to make it better. Your feedback is going to make it better. You doing the right thing is going to make it better. You listening to the trainings, I'm not just thinking it's some crap where it's feeling is going to make it better. Everything we're telling you out of all the departments that has trainings, everything we're training you on is to protect you. It's for your best interest. Yeah. We're not yeah. just trying to teach you how to do a job. We're trying to teach you how to do that job safely without exposing yourself to all the risks. So really, we're kind of your protectors. We're on your side. We're your cheerleaders. We're the water boy or water girl, right? So you help me help you. If something goes I wrong, mean, I don't only have to call anyway. So if I, I can prevent it on the front end, that's what I'm going to try to do. But I'm also here in the back end. Just, I need you to listen. And I need you to tell me the truth. I feel like um, safety is almost like the union, but we're not the union because we work for the company. We're the market. Right? Because it's like supervisors against safety. Because they got to keep production running and we got to make sure people are safe while they're producing what they got to produce. Right? Ooh, I'm glad you brought up production because here's our final question, right? You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so final question is, in your experience, what is the weirdest correlation you've seen or witnessed between productivity and safety? What's the weirdest correlation you've come across? Where you were just like... What? What? He thinks that's true? What? And you worked in food, so this could be especially interesting. Ooh, that was a hard one. Okay, yeah. repeat the question one more time. I make sure I get it right in my head. Okay, okay. So, in your experience, what is the weirdest correlation that you've seen between productivity and safety? What's the strangest correlation that you've come across from a plan manager or ops manager? Or, you know, that you, you in your mind, you're listening to them and you're like, is he, what did you just say? And you're wondering, how did you get this job? How did you, are you really my boss? Are you, do I really need to? Um, I I would say, I, I do have to put that out there. I have really never worked with somebody who was incompetent. Mm, okay, that's good. All right. I, I can say that much. But I have heard, um, I just think production and safety for mm-hmm. some companies are not on the same page. And um, I've been in industry, so I've just been real fortunate with my safety jobs that I've had. Most of the safety jobs that I've had, I've had a safety um, thing going on before. So when I come in, safety is already there. Okay. Like, one of the first great jobs I had, I had mm-hmm. people who would come up to me and say, hey, I need to get a glasses because someone doesn't have a glasses. They're helping. So I have people who want to work safe because they understand and they have families themselves. Mm-hmm. So I have just been fortunate enough to work in really good industries. But the only time that I have seen myself just kind of not seen that is... And that's just my personal experience. I was working on a safety. Um, we had a safety audit coming up. Okay. I needed to get some stuff fixed. I spoke to maintenance. I was given a specific individual who come to me on a particular day of the week. We sit down, have a meeting, talk about the issues that need to get fixed. We come back. He reports to me if they're fixed or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm thinking one person easy to manage. Right? Is a yes or no? Fixed, yes or no? Right. Came in, said it's fixed. 
Me, I'm the type of person where Honestly, I really don't. I, yeah, I don't really trust people. I just don't. Like, I need to see it because because safety falls on me in the back end. Like, I'm gonna be the person who gets blamed for mm-hmm. not double checking, right. not making it right, okay. not ensuring. You so, can't be like, he told me it was fixed, and then somebody gets hurt because of it. And it's like, well, yeah. you still have done your due diligence or something, right? So, in life, the way that I work is I will give a project with a bunch of projects, and after it's completed, due to how it's completed, I would be able to raise whether or not I can trust that individual's word. I don't give one job, you yeah. get one job done, and now you're like, oh, well, they did that job, so I expect them to. You train them like, like that. You're like, yeah. Gotta, gotta be. Let's say you're doing this little job, and then we'll, we'll yeah. you up, and then we'll get the bigger slices of the pie. Okay. So, what I had decided to do was go check my stuff because I need to make sure it's done. And I go check my stuff, and half the stuff is not fixed. Oh, also he. So now oh, he, he didn't it. do it. He did not do it. So now I go to my HR manager and I explain, "Hey, you know we have this audit coming up. I've been given this individual that I've been working with, and you know it was said it was done. And I keep going back to all these areas, and half mm-hmm. the things are just not done. It's I'm you know I'm very concerned okay. considering the fact that it's coming up. Ancient. What I, what I was told was, so why didn't you get it fixed? So Let that is the... Huh? Let me go get my screwdriver real quick. Let me go get my wrench and screwdriver. Right? Let me go get my toolkit so, And I don't, I, I'm not an electrician. Yeah. I've never been trained to be one. No one ever sent me through a class or said, hey, you need to do this for the job. It wasn't in my job description. I was job description. Um, they have to moonlight as a maintenance uh, technician. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that was the craziest experience that I had seen within an industry ever because yeah. the the level of high expectation really wasn't just let's get this done. It mm. was it's going to get done and somebody's going to take the fall and because it's your responsibility and even though you need help to do it, it's like saying, oh, you need groceries, but you can't drive, but you still got to get to the grocery store. The only way to get it is to drive, get it done. How, how are you going to get that done? You can't drive. <laughs> How far is the grocery store? <laughs> Twelve miles. I don't know that one. I'm gonna take a couple <laughs> of days. I'm gonna get <laughs> But yeah, that was the craziest thing that I had personally experienced. Okay. And I just think that was um the individual's choice on wanting to choose to do that. I think even if I was supposed to bring that to probably my plant manager and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm being told. It right. would be an issue because now, you know, we would probably bring in the maintenance manager to try to understand why does the individual who you've given to me is now telling me something is fixed and falsified information when this is for an audit. So that's really what should have happened and it didn't go that way. So for me, um, one hand don't clap, I always say, and it's not hearing nothing. Or you hear that noise, right? Okay, so I can't do it by myself. And it may take certain departments to get to where we need to get to. As mm-hmm. long as I know where we're at and where we want to go, I'm willing to get there. I'm not a person who says it's my road or the highway. I just want to get the job done. And you're like, open to, to people giving ideas and how to do it. It's not just like, I don't know how to hold the answers, right? No. Yeah, just, I'm a I want it done. I'm not an engineer, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, right? I know a little no, bit of everything. Safely. But- I don't 
don't have much much expectations done safely i will help what do you need i am all for housing right i will will not i will employ you i will make sure that we know what we're doing versus giving you everything and then expecting like you're supposed to be able to do it after yeah yeah i mean you gave us some pretty good insight today i just i just found a title from the list right so today's podcast title was i am a safety professional get me out of here right and Mm -hmm. we were talking about surviving in the safety industry as a professional what is some of the Mm -hmm. crazy stuff we see and how hard does it make our job and ultimately is it worth it so after everything you've told me today after everything we've discussed do you have any regrets about being an EHS professional, about being a safety professional. When you think about everything we spoke about today, you give us a lot of good examples. Do you think um, that it was like, eh, I should have gone to law school? Yeah, I'd probably make more money. Let's just be real. Yeah. But aside from that, no, I really do enjoy my job. Like I genuinely went into safety because I like safety. I do prefer the sustainable part of it more than I do with the working part of it. Right, but right. one one big thing that stuck with me is my husband started out working in manufacturing from ground up. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him come home with minor injuries that I wouldn't want someone else to come home with. So somewhere along the line of me doing a job because I needed a job to work, to make money, to live, mm-hmm. I kind of grew a heart for people because I know they have significant others at home. And whether or not you don't have a significant other, you have someone who loves you and care about you, whether it be your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, it does not matter, they care. And my job is to get you home there and to advocate for that. So that's why I say we kind of act as a union because sometimes I would have to say to a plan manager and I've had to, we're not operating. We're not, op- I've been told by a plan manager before, you should have said we're not operating. You should not have let that supervisor run over you. Okay. You should not have let the manager run over you for that. So then I have to make the executive decision moving forward because I learned from my own mistakes as well. I'm shutting you down. I'm not even going to, we're not going to make an excuse. We're not going to try to figure it out. We're not going to make it good. We're just going to shut you down. You're going to get it right. Fix this because yeah. someone is immediately exposed to a hazard and then they can literally die if we continue. We need to fix it. Yeah. I, yeah. Thing, that's what it should be we shouldn't be um sacrificing or exposing people's lives just to make a quick buck or even I, a- I would i would i agree with you on that but the particular situation didn't put somebody life in danger i, I put that much out it just uh caused a near miss that could have been prevented due to the fact that i had already seen the issue and we were trying to not shut the line down because the whole line was going to be shut down for the whole day versus you know find another way that was safer so we had mechanics on the line whilst the name is happening and then we had to stop and have a real discussion we're going to shut it down because we just spoke about this this morning now when name is happening the next thing coming is an injury should have been shut down yeah prevention is better than Okay, Ariel, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, For everyone here, uh, we're going to have a session every couple of weeks uh, with a safety professional, people with a lot of experience 
a lot of skills who've been in the field, been in the trenches. Uh, they've been shooting in the gym, so to speak, right? And we was we was with them <laughs> in spirit. Um, so stay tuned. All right. <laughs>